remember my first mosh, but I remember like two times specifically where I like s like severely injured somebody. Keaton, um, I feel like this comes up a lot in the podcast. You'll just be like, "Yeah, this one time, like <laughs> I broke my arm because I slammed it into some like person's face." No, what so, is the so statute like, of limitations of like, oh, like these, smoking uh, someone out? Like, fuck, fuck these two dudes. They're not gonna do shit to me. The first one I remember <laughs> is um that what's that kid, the singer for? Yeah, keep that in there. Was like trying to crowd surf at Shaka's, and he like got on my head, and I grabbed him by the back of his shirt and his waistband, and I took him, and I immediately pile drived him down on his head to the cement floor. Jesus and, like, Christ! He like was knocked out, and like I had to carry him out. He was like, like knocked out, and his head he was, was cracked open. He was completely like... just like limp, and like for like five minutes, and I thought I killed him. And then another time, uh, what were those two like dumb metalcore twins? The, just come on off the range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Persuasion Persuasion and, uh, um, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fucking port lock bullshit. <laughs> well, I was doing security at Relevant, and, like, they were moshing to, like, some shitty metalcore band. And, like, I just thought it was funny if, like, I was just like, what if I just flopped on the floor like a fish and rolled through everyone? And I laid down, like, on my stomach, and I just rolled really hard and fast. And I tripped, like, under his leg, completely swept him out. And, like, he, like, flipped in the air and landed on his head. And, again, he was, like, out for, like, five minutes, and I thought I killed him. I'm like, am I going to Both those times, I'm both those times were just, like, I wasn't even, mo I was just jokes, and, like, I severely injured somebody. Were there any mosh pits where, like, you just kind of had fun and didn't smoke someone out terribly? Uh, Fuck that. No. <laughs> I remember one time at Relevant, I ripped my arm cast off because it was broken, and I spit in a girl's face. Jesus. Jesus and, and, like, called everyone, like, the F-slur and tried to get them to fight me. I keep trying to, like, veer this into the podcast. Yeah, what, what mosh move is that? <laughs> Uh, it, <laughs> the harassment. There's no that. clean way to bring that in. So welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast. I am your host, Mark. I'm here with your co-host, K-Town. K-Town. And Payne. Hey, what's up? It's your guy, David. You know, uh, in the low east side of Ocean View. As always, respectively. And we are joined <laughs> by our special guest, uh, our, our resident fucking uh, music episode correspondent, James D., what up, what up? A.K.A. Dead or Mean. And first time a guest on the podcast, our local Billy on the Street for this episode, the most tapped in young squad Ooh. member, Young Low Nathan, what up? You? <laughs> and this is the podcast where we explore the history, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the most controversial people, movements, and organizations in our modern world. We'll tell you the story and we'll give you our motherfucking take. And today we're doing a deeply personal episode. Finally, after all the years of doing this podcast, we're talking about hardcore punk, baby. Is anybody feeling bad? Black, thanks for coming out to this basement show. I take straight edge very seriously. Keep the face. This next song is a cover. I'm 2S for my own good. Talk about hardcore. 
this is probably the episode we're most qualified to talk about. Yeah, for the first time. I mean, we've definitely brushed shoulders with the hardcore punk, uh, with hardcore punk music, with the hardcore punk scene, especially in our emo episode, even the new metal episode, and obviously the metalcore episode. But today is a full-on deep dive into the history and aesthetic and vibe of hardcore. I've never fucked with hardcore. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Uh, before we get into it, though, make sure you guys follow us on our socials on the Facebook at the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast, on Instagram at Good Times Killing Us podcast, and on hold the on, tw- hold on, it's Whoa. not Twitter anymore. Whoa. It's X. <laughs> follow us on the X. Oh, really? Do we? Do we, we might be the. We might be the first podcast to say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, We're not. Twi- it's not Twitter anymore. Oh shit! Follow Breaking us on news. X. Send me an X on X. Yeah. Good times dead. Do we uh, send an X and there? repost an X on the good times? <laughs> no, re X and X. <laughs> yeah, re X and X, please. Oh, get uh, hit us up in the X's. <laughs> At good <laughs> underscore times <laughs> underscore dead. All right, and make sure you leave us a review. On uh, Spotify, you can leave a review now, and on Apple Podcasts, write a review and leave a rating, and we'll read your review right here on the cast. Yeah. You got one today, right? No. Nope. We don't have one today, because we got to get... Damn it. (laughs) We got to get right on into this one. So this might be a little bit of a lengthy segment, because, you know, for one, this is the first episode we've had five people on it. This is the most we've ever had on an episode. But also, like... Like we said, this is a very personal thing to us. So let's talk about where we're all coming from with the hardcore scene. How do we get into hardcore? Uh, a little bit about what hardcore means to you at this moment. And, uh, yeah. Well, where are we coming from? Uh, my dad's a muggle. Mom's a witch. Uh, <laughs> Yo, Mark's dying right now. Harry Potter joke? Oh, dad's shit. a muggle. Mom's a witch. <laughs> Sorry. No, but I probably got... Uh, this is... One of the ways of getting into hardcore, just like older brother listened to heavier stuff and I was interested in it. Like I didn't really have much, uh, I didn't listen to anything other than what my parents listened to for real, which is like old rock. And, um, same, yeah. The classic. So he was, shout out T Crone, but he listened to like Hatebreed and Thursday and Slipknot and this and that. So like I found stuff like that and then, uh, Hatebreed, I guess, is the most hardcore band out of those, and I think um, the first hardcore show I feel like I remember going to was headlined by them, and it had support from Terror and uh, I believe Sick of It All and No Warning at the Norva. Dude, what a perfect first, like, possibly first hardcore show. Mm -hmm. Shit put you on. Which it was at the Norva, but terror yeah. gave no fucks and they had people stage jiving like my friend in seventh grade got up there and he was so badass like i, I was so jealous that he actually had the balls to do that but and he stage dove and terror like hit you like hardcore like kicks ass and is like awesome yeah you know? yeah and uh terror got banned for the first time from the norba then <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. and pain where are you coming from then um I mean, I've kind of talked about this on, like, the Metalcore episode and even the Nirvana episode. Like, I was kind of, like, a late bloomer with music. I started, like, finding, you know, I got into Nirvana when I was in middle school and I found, like, some punk rock bands. And when I was in uh, freshman year of high school, 
um, naturally I somewhat gravitated towards or try to gravitate towards people that were sort of into like whatever punk was. I thought punk was cool. I didn't go to shows or anything like that. I just knew like a cool band, a few cool bands like Pennywise and Bad Religion from the internet. And that's where I found um, no last names on this episode, but I feel like he was, he's probably uh, going to come up with some other ones. Yeah, I guess but, I'm going to have to do some bleeping on the beginning of this. No, episode. no, well, fuck those. Well, no, no, no. I was going to say something good. Like, what are they going to do? Jump me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's when like uh, a friend of, of like all of ours named Devin like kind of put me on to hardcore. He kind of in a way really took me under Hold his on. wing. Use his uh, use his hardcore name, Dead Devin. Okay. Dead back then, yeah, Dead Devin. <laughs> Dead Devin uh, got me. Uh, he kind of like. Uh, invited me out to some shows. That's how I met James D as well. Um, and I, I wasn't really super into hardcore throughout oh, high so school. So you guys didn't meet in school? We did, but like I think we they met, rode they rode we, the bus together. Well, we met yeah. on RuneScape. <laughs> yeah, technically, like the oldest school. But, <laughs> but, I mean, we we met through. I don't know if we. I think we knew each other through school loosely, but like through going to hardcore shows, sort of early on, is how I sort of got to like know who you were, and we formed a band called Macrocrust. But it was weird because, like, even when I was doing that band, I wasn't, like, I went to a lot of hardcore sh shows in high school, but it wasn't, like, I wouldn't have called myself entirely, like, a hardcore kid at that time. There were definitely a few bands I was really into, especially bands like Outbreak and stuff like that and, and the Mongoloids. But it wasn't until, like, 18, 19, uh, and especially, like, 20 years old that I started to really kind of go to shows all the time. Um, but I think, to not, like, go too long about it, I think my first show, I think I was 15 or 16, and... I mean, my first technical, like, hardcore show was definitely Outbreak, but I think before that I went to, like, a sort of metalcore show. I was actually seeing, like, your band, Cool the Band. That was, like, my first show show. And I remember, like, I was a super awkward kid at that show because, like, I didn't... I was kind of a sheltered kid or whatever. I went there with, like, like this, like, orange fleece jacket. <laughs> and, and like, I was really into what was going on. I thought it was so cool, but the dude, uh, he said something that likes him. Like, straight up just some shit that, like, got etched in my brain. He turned around and he was like... Like, you don't look like you belong here, basically. And that shit always kind of stood with me while I was like, this thing that was really cool to me was also something that I sort of felt a little bit of a distance between. You were on the outside of. Yeah, I felt somewhat on the outside of it until I really started going a lot in my adulthood. But my first show was definitely... And you finally got rid of that, that orange fleece thing. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that shit had been gone. But, like, uh, but yeah, I think Outbreak was my first real show. Uh, and I remember just thinking the energy was insane. I'd never seen anything like that. That mix of, like, uh, sort of excitedness and and with a little bit of fear you know just yeah, something that yeah, like fear some, they chase us down <laughs> yeah literally like we got chased like or at least we thought we were getting chased by outbreak like i was just some kid like totally why, sheltered. why were y'all getting chased by outbreak didn't sell enough tickets or whatever <laughs> it was <just> like, <laughs> i'm just booked by like a 16 year old <laughs> you know what i mean like, but um but yeah Hardcore was always like this, like crazy zany thing to me that like existed outside the skirts, like outside the bounds of all social norms and things like that. And as I got more into it, it started to mean a lot more to me. But I don't want to, I don't want to uh, shoot my load on yeah. the in segment yet. So I'll go and pass it to K Town. But yeah, you know, I, think, I, I just want to say about mine too that if it weren't for Devin, <laughs> I probably would have gone like into complete weird metalcore type stuff. Like strictly locusts and daughters, <coughs> if Devin hadn't uh, kept me grounded. Shout out to Devin, dude. I mean, honestly, on behalf of everyone here, I know he's probably gonna come up in all y'all stories, but definitely put a lot of people onto hardcore in this area. Um, right, Kate, so like, I started hanging out with uh, at the time friend of the show. Uh, we've talked about him before, Guido. 
But when I started hanging oh, out with no, him, go ahead, say his hardcore name. When I when I started <laughs> hanging out with Guido, his name was X Guido Gangbang X. Full blown scene kid. And I had no idea. Like I didn't have the internet. I grew up really poor, so like I didn't have like access to like AOL and like shit like that and like MySpace, listening to stuff like y'all did. But um, he was <laughs> that's a rich boy city folk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listening, <laughs> listening to yeah. music. Well, like y'all had like <laughs> access to the internet was like really big on like getting into music like that. Back You're right sure. though. And yeah, there's time, like before period, like yeah. you had to know somebody. And my in was ex Guido Gangbang X, and he was listening. He said it was hardcore, but it was not fucking hardcore. It was like weird like metalcore shit, like Inter Shikari. <laughs> and like when I was hearing this shit I was like yo this shit sucks I don't want anything to do with this shit and then I met Dead Devin and he brought me out to so I, I went to a, a metalcore show technically first I went to Juggernaut Fest hmm. at the original uh, Club Relevant and that shit sucked and all the bands couldn't play <laughs> And nothing sounded good. Like, it was just, like, a bunch of metalcore, just blurbs. Wasn't that the one, though, where, like, a dude got his fucking... No, that was that was Awesome Fest, which... Awesome I, Fest. I was there when the guy got heeled kicked in the eye. And, and that was during out. First Blood. But I do think... I thought Barrier Dead played at Juggernaut Fest, but either way... There was multiple Juggernaut yeah. Fest. This one was, like, Knights of Sidonia and... Uh, Knights of the there was two Knights bands, <laughs> Knights of Sidonia and the Knights of the, the Abyss. Knights of the Round Table. Ar- Arsonists get all the girls. It was like a bunch of just like weird like MySpace metalcore and like shitty grindcore, like not even good grindcore. I love grindcore. Dude, anyway, Arson- I thought with Arsonists. Yeah, um, and then like Devin brought me to a, a true hardcore show. I went and saw um, Nothing Personal, which is a, a VBHC band. And the singer was singing into a pocket pussy over the mic. Oh, yeah. You've and they had, like, the show was 60, like, gas station nudie mags just ripped apart, thrown all over the place. And it was just, like, people just getting the shit beat out of them. There was, like, some 40-year-old Boston dude got beat up by, like, 20 kids. <laughs> and, like, while on stage, like, the guy was like, you just got beat up by a bunch of kids, you fucking F-slur. And oh, like, I was like, oh, this shit's awesome. Dude, that show was so wild. I was just, like, hooked on it ever since. That was, like, my second or third. Were like, you at that bro. show, James? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That shit was yeah, great. Shit like, was just insane, hearing dude. Cook Clean and shut the fuck up, I was like, yeah, dude, this is great. I mean, definitely super problematic <laughs> band by, uh, I mean, even by then standards, but, you know, but you know were, whatever. Uh, you know, on that same tip as, like, you know, like, Shark Punch and stuff like that, just, mm-hmm. like, a joke band. You know? <coughs> yeah. If you Super met all those bands, people yeah. in real life, they aren't like you know like that. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't yes. think those yeah. guys were going home to their girlfriends. Yeah. Like, and being like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Yeah, they yeah. were just singing. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. It was funny. It was hilarious. Was like yeah, victim. yeah. Victim was their serious band at that time. So yeah, like yeah. They had one for like fun and like so everyone could just be stupid and throw dildos everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like just ridiculous. And then that was just like my end to hardcore. And then ever since then, I've just been vibing. I'm interested to hear, uh, Nathan, your story. How did you get into hardcore? All right. So I was going to, I mean, a few metalcore shows. Like, I, I think, like, my first show ever was, first show ever was, like, Attila. How wow. old were you? Wow, yeah, how old were you? Uh, probably, like, 13 or 14 <laughs> when I first, shit, like, went dude. to, like, my first show. I was at Skate High, Rip. Right on. Um, and then, so, then the next year I went to... Attila again because I'd never I didn't really know about any of these bands and then like I followed Attila on MySpace oh they're they're coming to Virginia Beach again so I'll go and then but this time they played with uh, in Alcatraz 1962 oh wow oh, and they're definitely like on that metalcore tip but they had like the following of like 
the hardcore fucking hardcore kids, dudes. Yeah. And, like, you know, seeing, like, you know, the, most of my friends at that time were, like, you know, through middle school and high school, you know, seeing kids fucking yeah. tight pants and shit. That was the vibe of I the can day. say I never dressed like that because mm-hmm. I was, like, mm. I was I also could, playing football yeah. at that time. I didn't want to, you know. I remember meeting, I, wish I, I remember, could say <laughs> the same. I remember meeting you when, I think you were, like, 14 or 15, and, like, yeah, your, your look was, like, you almost look like a youth crew kid. It was like khakis and like a band shirt. Yeah, I think in yeah. about a year my style kind of changed because from that show, like watching, going for Attila, right? Watching like some party metal shit, but then like in yeah. Alcatraz plays and like people from my age to fucking like people that I would be scared of just at that time are getting dusted <laughs> the fuck out. I'm like, you know, like I want to like see something else like that. Dude. Yeah. So, it's really crazy to think, like, we met you, like, at 15. It's insane. We were, like, 21. A lot yeah. of it you we shouldn't even... A lot of it we like... definitely shouldn't even be talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's an adult now. <laughs> the way, yeah, yeah, we just showed him the billion. <laughs> yeah, that's all we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way I was able to get around that and go at such an early age was telling my parents that I'm going to go see a Christian... Wow, that so that was like, still a thing even that, even in your time. Like when we were yeah. we were full on adults. When I was seventeen, like that's how I went to I got to go to Awesome Fest with Guido. I was like, it's at a church. Yeah, like, and my mom was relevant. like, Fuck, oh, it's yeah. at a church. Okay, yeah. My mom was like, yeah, go go learn about Jesus. So <laughs> that's that's what it, that's where it started going well, to see Attila at Skate High and that tra- band in, in Alcatraz and in then 1960. Like for the time period I was going. Like, after that, as far as actually going to hardcore shows, like, my one real exposure was seeing Paper Trail in a fucking house. Like, wow. oh, <laughs> the one where there's, like, that huge hole that got yes, busted into the wall? Yes, that was, like, yeah, a framed-out yeah. fucking, yeah, like, wow. that was cool. Like, people so were we circling were... around a chimney. and That like, was a brutal show, it dude. It was fun. So, really, like, your hardcore experience is kind of tethered to, like, like, like when we were playing shows and shit back in the day when we met you it's like that's like yeah i mean i definitely met y'all or i'm like i met y'all before you started ns okay 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 oh um, wait really like wow. briefly yeah. before y'all yeah started no NS. yeah 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 true 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 um but like like i was saying for the time period of uh when i was going uh let's see so my f- after that show it would have been fucking Terror, stick to your guns, trapped under ice, uh, close your eyes and your demise. But oh, uh, take offense, hopped on that show. I walked to that show because I was grounded. I told my mom I was going to a young life meeting, and I paid for that in change. Uh, <laughs> the second one was uh, you guys played that, I think. What no, no substance? Oh or yeah, action no, prone? no, no, pushing no, no, on. Pushing uh, on. Uh, strength for the lower beach side fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, strength for a reason played swamp thing. Rip hard side played agitator. Outlast, uh, Pushing On played, Dead and Dreaming, uh, Vice Grip, Breakaway, which is like uh, Ace from Richmond, Mutually Assured Destruction, his like really old band, and Short Fuse. So that's way time. back. Yeah, you yeah, got, way back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. <laughs> Young Lo, I remember the first day I met you was at a party at the 202 and Doritos Locos Tacos just dropped. Wow, what a time to be alive. Oh, I still remember this. And yeah, I remember you puking over the balcony into the neighbor's yard. Well, I, I think that was after you getting so stoked that I was there and being young and drunk as a bitch just with you. Oh, and he was like feeding me fucking Everclear. So I'm actually going to throw Golly. Young yeah, yeah. <laughs> was just puking up Doritos Locos Tacos into the yard downstairs. And then my Pit Pit bought me uh, I hop the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking wow. of that TUI show and you paying with change, the first time I saw them, I scrounged up like 
change from my car and bought their first seven inch with change. Oh, <laughs> they're probably used to it, honestly. I bet it happens. Yeah, they're from frequently. Baltimore. Yeah, like everyone's of, paying with change. I'm about to say, a lot of TUI shows, especially in the beginning, were paid for with change <laughs> or probably cans or something. For sure. Uh, so I guess I'm gonna finish out this segment. Uh, I didn't really. I mean, I knew about hardcore and like hardcore punk. I was I was mostly in the metal. Uh, you know, I came up in the new metal and then like got into like metalcore and shit. And I remember around that time when I first moved here, going to a lot of shows, the Norva metalcore shows, and some of my friends being like, "You guys heard about this like this tough guy hardcore?" And we were like, "I, I don't know what that's," because we were calling metalcore hardcore at the time. I was fully on the other side of that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was on sure. the other side of the battle lines, you know. Yeah, which Fuck we'll it. get into later for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. Again, <laughs> but um, but I never really vibed with it. Honestly, if we go back even further, when I was in middle school, uh, when I was in high school, actually overseas, and fucking um, there was another. Uh, he was a black kid who was into like rock music and so me and him tried to gel but he was more into like punk and shit and i was more into like fucking new metal so i was like into corn and fucking mudvayne he was into like sick of it all and like other shit and so you kind of got like a little bit of exposure to it though yeah that was my first exposure because like i gave him like some corn cd and he gave me a sick of it all cd and the next day we both came to school like no that's like an uncovered memory but anyway Fucking, uh, so I didn't really, uh, blend much with those scenes until, like, I met, like, you guys and stuff. We used to work together, and then, you know... Shout out to cows. Yeah, we started playing in Macrocross together, and it was when we started, like, playing in those substance together that I really started to get into a little more of the hardcore. Not ever really too deep, but, um, it did, I did gel with a lot of the stuff, and there were certain bands that I started to fuck with a little more that I wasn't... That could you guys fucked with them, and I would hear them a lot, like, fucking... Half Heart for One, uh, definitely, and Modern Life is War, and the Mongoloids, and fucking, I mean, a bunch of bands that, like, and when we would play shows, and later on play shows with other hardcore bands, local bands, and, and uh, other bands, like, I would get more and more exposed, and I would kind of pick and choose and cherry pick the kind of the bands I like, but that's kind of where my hardcore exposure, like, blossomed, and maybe stayed for the most part, like, I tap in to an extent, but, um, I, I never, like, got the bug. I think it's kind of a cool dynamic, though, because, like, uh, I think most of us here, hardcore was, like, kind of a, a big part of, like, getting into heavy music overall. And, like, you kind of have that kind of that uh, other perspective that a lot of people have of the hardcore scene. Yeah. Most people that are probably listening to this definitely have more of your perspective than ours, you know? Like, most people don't get into hardcore. <laughs> like, it is yeah. kind of, at the end of the day, a pretty niche thing. Um, but I, honestly, I will say, though, I mean, even though, like, there were bands, like I said, I pick and choose... But the shows, that's what it was. It was mm. like going to those shows and playing those shows, the energy and the fucking... <coughs> there, that was something that was like wildly different than any... Because I'd been going to shows by then for a long time, by the time I met you guys, but... Going to like hardcore shows, it like changed my perspective. Yeah, and, like, you weren't you weren't going to the Norva and like going out in between five different bands, chain smoking Newports, and meeting twelve different people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a different <laughs> Every vibe. Time, yeah. It was definitely a way different vibe, but there was something that was kind of thrilling and you know, you know, awesome that I did enjoy about that. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, all right, so y'all ready to get into this? So uh, first yes. of all, the way this is going to work, it's. Whoa, hold on there a second, uh, Payne. 
uh, editing mark here, and it sounded like you were about to tell us about the way things are going to work here, and the thing about that is, is that when we all sat down to record this episode, it didn't quite go the way we planned. You see, so we were going to talk about all these different facets of hardcore and give you the history all in one episode, and apparently it's just a little bit too personal of a topic for us to do that. So, what happened was, we spent a lot of this episode just talking about hardcore culture and going to shows and fashion and, I mean, a lot of hardcore stuff, but the history didn't really come in this episode. We got a little too bogged down, so that episode, as you guys probably already know, is in Hardcore Part 2, which will be coming out shortly after this one, but in this episode, we're mostly just going to talk about the subculture that is hardcore, all right? Okay, so I'm going to let you guys get back to it. Um, all right, so y'all ready to get into this? So let's actually talk about what hardcore even is. Before we get into the story of hardcore and like everything that we know about it, what even is hardcore to the person that's maybe just now getting into it or has no idea what it is? Porn. Hardcore <laughs> <laughs> yeah, porn, yeah. for sure. So hardcore punk is an offshoot of punk rock music in reaction to the commercialization of the punk genre. Hardcore can be characterized by a strict DIY or do-it-yourself ethos, aggressive music, lyrics, and vocals through faster or heavier instrumentation, underground music venues often self-policed and booked by members of the scene itself, and chaotic, often even live, violent shows. Uh, and a lot of that can be said for like early punk in general too, but like this, like you said, it was a divergence from punk when punk kind of faded out and kind of bled into other genres that started when Hardcore is like, no, we want to keep some of that shit, and uh, we're not going in this new wave direction or any of this emo direction, you know, or that punk did eventually split off into. Well, I think what specifically makes hardcore hardcore is being not commercial, but by by, yes. by at least you know that that main distinction from regular punk rock. In our minds, and in our hearts, we feel that hardcore music should stay out of big business and stay in the streets where it belongs. All you kids out there. Always keep the faith! I'd like to uh, add that, you know, before we started the episode, we mentioned, you know, the early punks being kind of like uh, hippies and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say that the the violence and shit that would mostly sprout from these shows back in the day, because they were by no means playing fight riffs and shit, they, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was mostly like the random bystanders and kind of just like today, the random bystanders that thinks they're just like freaks and are like don't understand they're expressing themselves in some way. So, you know, one guy will hit the small punk and then the 20 small punks will beat him up because... So that's where the violence know. came from. It wasn't like uh, inherent. It was like reactive. Well, I, yeah, I, I think sure. some of it was inherent. Like the big thing with like, I think kind of punk started as like a answer to like hippies. So, like, just how, like, the hippies were, like, an answer to, like, their parents and, like, being anti-establishment and everything like that. So, like, those kids, like, their parents grew up hippies and then, like, they came into their own and they are like, I don't want to be this shit. Like, yeah, so they rebelled against they that. They rebelled against that and it was just kind of like, you know, what's the opposite of peace and love? Like, punching a dude in the face. Like, it was definitely, like, like... I definitely agree with Young Low. Like, I think a lot of it. I'm sorry if do you do you care if I call you? No, <laughs> I'm that's just, that's not. I feel like we're gonna slip in and out of it. <clears throat> the name's <yeah>. Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> I'm not young anymore. I'm alone. But no, like the the, the, the name is Nathan. I'm, I'm not young, but I'm a hardcore kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a whole. Yeah, thing, I yeah. love just 45 year old dudes just being like, "Yeah, I'm a hardcore kid." 
<laughs> Bro, you, you're 40. Chill. You got a house. <laughs> yeah. a boat. You got 12 <laughs> kids. So for a very short list of bands from across the spectrum, like as in like if you know any of these bands, then you at least have some sort of idea of what we're talking about. We're talking about bands like Black Flag, Minor Threat, Bad Brains, Pro Mags, Agnostic Front, Warzone, SSD Control, Earth Crisis, Hatebreed, Terror, Trapped Under Ice, Turnstile, just to name a very, very, very select few because we're going to get into a lot more stuff on this episode. All right, so let's talk a little bit about, about like what exactly are the other traits of hardcore music. So at least the music itself is defined by fast, distorted, heavy, untrained musicians, uh, raw sounds, tough or hard vocals, yelling vocals, that sort of thing. D-beats, uh, breakdowns, more emphasis on the live. I think this is a big part of it that kind of feeds into all those other ones, is there's a more of an emphasis on the live experience than most other genres. Oftentimes, a lot of the early punk rock, especially, is pretty badly recorded. Yeah. I have a funny story about like the uh, untrained musicians part. So I. Actually, Pushing On was, I think we were Mega Dance at first, and then it went into Pushing On. But um, So we had this guy try out for guitar, and he could play any Metallica song, like all 20 minutes of every song, solos and everything. But he couldn't play our four power chords in a 30-second song. <laughs> but, so he was trained but couldn't play our raw shit. Yeah. Well, I think that's a part of it. It's like, yeah, hardcore, I mean, and punk in general, is it's a, it's a looser sort of style. It's just sort of like banging on an instrument, getting a sound out, getting an energy and a vibe out of your instrument. This guy just, he's like, oh, man, this shit is just too, <laughs> it's too unpolished, yeah, man. Like, I think what? a lot of trained musicians will be like, what? Like, this? why would you go from this yeah. chord progression into that, you know? Because they'll just be like, another chord, another chord, another chord, like, two other chords, slower part, you know? Power chords, too. Exactly, a lot of power chords. The accumulation of maybe, maybe six chords per song. But as time has gone on, it has gotten a lot... It has gotten a lot heavier, though. Like, modern hardcore, yeah. I would say, is more defined by a heavy sound. It's more metal influence nowadays. I think that that's that was part of what was so welcoming to a lot of young people getting into punk and hardcore back in the day. It was just that they were like, holy shit, I don't have to be the fucking Beatles. I don't have to even fucking, yeah. like, I can just, I can do that. Anybody can do it. Yeah, Who I would want to be the fucking that. Beatles, though? Anyone can pace. cook. Duncan Payne started. <laughs> I'll okay. say the, uh, uh, in the music traits, uh, the fight riff was oh. originated in hardcore. Yeah, true. Okay. Jump. Play the, play the fight riff. Play it.
in music that is intentionally designed to incite, like essentially, violence. I hate yeah. to say incite violence, but essentially, no, yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Even a tame mosh pit is, is even a tame mosh pit is violence by most people's standards. Yeah, I mean, look. So if you're at a metal court or a metal show or something, you're expecting riffage, right? Yeah. So if you're seeing Black Dolly and murder, and they just go Shouts. dun 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 dun, dun. And like I mean, all the people that they, are there I mean, are just Black gonna Dolly be like, don't really be you're more like head banging, maybe maybe moshing hard a little bit. This is not technical. This isn't real metal. And that's where like the whole core and hardcore comes from. Is like yes, it's metal, but like intended for moshing. Like it, yeah. moshing is a key element of what hardcore is. Uh, so speaking of moshes, let's talk about the traits of hardcore shows. You've got mosh pits, and of course, real quick, the hole. This is a distinctly hardcore thing, is the mosh hole. What the, the horseshoe. The, yeah, the horseshoe horseshoe. Yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. the horseshoe. Nobody, I mean, a lot of people going to these shows don't want their jaws split open. And so you get a lot of this, like, yo, everybody move up, move <laughs> yeah. up, everybody move up into this fucking death zone yeah. right here. Everybody right? takes super guilty of Two that. steps forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole reason is because, like, hardcore mosh is sort of a little bit distinct. You know, it's not about just squishing up against someone else in, like, a punk show. It's like, there's, like... You're throwing fists and kicks. Yeah, so you gotta have a little zone for that you know a little bit of space like even the biggest hardcore band is going to have the horseshoe um but also of course we got stage dives crowd surfing people just grabbing the mic and singing along and of course we gotta have some fights baby yeah running running up on stage and kissing the singer that is a distinctly i mean i think you see that a little (laughs) bit in other stuff but like getting on stage and wilding out grabbing the mic that's not really a thing in other genres yeah coming from like a more metal perspective like, it was really cool when I first moved here and I could go to the Norva because I could kind of see the band members and be like, oh, shit, outside where they're loading up, I can just talk to these yeah. guys. But, like, in hardcore, it's like, it's not like you're idolizing these people. You're all, they're, they're just No, they're like, dudes. Yeah, they're yeah. just part of this thing, and you are part of it, too. Do you remember yeah. a couple years ago when uh, Crowbar played that show and, the, like, the singer was, like, crying on stage because people were stage diving? <laughs> if you It was ran... like you were interrupting my art and, like, by, like, jumping up on stage. Just, like... If you ran up on stage and grabbed the guy from Korn's, like, fucking Lord of the Rings mic stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be insane. You would go like, to jail or something. Like, I can't believe you've done this. Like, I, yeah. I, uh, I do want to point out, like, so, in early punk and shit, like, if they did recognize it, a lot of people used to get up on stage and, like, grab yeah. the mic from the dude and try to sing along. And stage dives were invented because of the security of the venue, like, not being cool with, you know, them being on stage and not being the band. So, before they could get beat the fuck up by security, they'd just dive on stage. It was like homies. a dive and dash. Like, yeah, you know, right. It was like, get in, get out. That is kind of the crazy thing about watching some old hardcore punk footage, even like the Sex Pistols or Ramones, is like you see the type of thing that you generally associate today with being like at a hardcore show. I mean, obviously a little bit less aggressive, but yeah, you're getting stage dives. You're getting people uh, coming up on the stage, sharing like that line between the musician and the audience was already pretty small with punk. I think hardcore is really the one that really embellished that attitude of like keeping that core to the entire like aesthetic of like a show in general. That's part of the thing though. I'm saying that they were keeping. They not only kept it, but they capitalized on it to the point that, like yeah. I said, as a metal, someone who comes from a metal like aspect, when I went to hardcore shows, I... I, that was the part that blew me away was just how like 
Oh shit, man. Unified the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Shit. It's like this is just one moving. Shit's stupid out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, honestly. You're like, oh, they're front flipping off yeah. of these dudes playing thousands of dollars to guitars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about like what the hardcore space is like. What's like to actually go to a hardcore venue. So if you're going to hardcore shows, you're going to wherever because bands will play absolutely <laughs> wherever, whether it's like normal places like bars or sometimes actual venues or just outside under or in a bridge under bridges someone's it, living room basements <laughs> with like fucking shit poking out everywhere <laughs> uh even high schools a lot of churches a I garage mean, with a box full of fluorescent light bulbs and hammers vfw halls garage with a, a kiss pinball machine that's <laughs> fucking the thing that fucked me up i can't tell you how many churches we played like yeah, we yeah. played a lot of motherfucking churches and that was not a thing in the metal scene so i uh i heard you bring uh, that show up <laughs> and I will say any podcast I've listened to f- about Virginia hardcore some Virginia band or a band hearing about Virginia from that time like talks about that show so could you talk about that <laughs> Dude, just a that little was bit a, from your perspective that was Macro Crush show which like, show was this yeah what yeah the Hampton show we played uh, at that girls garage oh, we yeah, did it yeah, twice yeah. like Vice Grip y'all and who else um there's like eight bands on it oh but. really okay we played it twice, and both times were extremely just unsafe and ridiculous. This is like Macrocrest's like first show or something. Right? I remember, yeah, I remember I was in a ICP Mongoloids rip shirt. It was like the Great Malenko, but it said the Mongoloids instead of ICP. I love that. And I had a, a American Idol microphone, and it was me and James D singing. And it was just like literally fluorescent light bulbs like getting busted over people's heads. Someone had a hammer and was throwing it across the room at one point. A dude found a belt somewhere and was like moshing, hate moshing the crowd with the belt, like hitting people dude, in the face. I just want to say real quick, in case you think that this is Cap, James and I were both also there. Yeah, and this is all this all actually happened. We've like it was actually this, that. We've yeah. talked about this specific show. On I think this podcast at Mo- at multiple on the times. Mo- there is a Definitely YouTube the documentation episode. if you type in uh, Vice Grip uh, Garage Sale Show. <laughs> yeah, look that up, guys. The, and, D- the real- DK Bongos R.I.P. got thrown out. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Real I, quick, real quick. God. Fucking, we played with, uh, fucking, what was the name of that band? I can't remember the name of the band, but we fucking ended up playing with that band that had a member from Half Heart. He was a bassist from Half yeah, Heart. Yeah. Rain and, Dance. Yeah, Rain Dance. And fucking... Uh, he was at that show. He told yeah. us that night he yeah. was at that fucking show. Yeah, that's like, so insane. And th- some fight broke out, and these, like, in the middle, we were playing, um... Pissed. Yeah, intro. Yeah, the intro song pissed. "Pissed" by Macro Crow. Um, and like we were doing the breakdown, and like literally as we're doing the breakdown, this fight breaks out, and there's this like fucking like six eight fucking, I think like high school Olympic wrestler, like just beating the shit out of this. It's like fucking dude. Hercules came like, out and just like, like just beating the shit out of this dude, and like we just like. We're like, we got through it, and then we're like, all right, let's just do it again. And we just went back into the breakdown as this guy's just sitting on top of this, like, dude, just punching him in the face like he's in, like, some <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> and then and then the second show we played, um, I remember Joe Beers was playing. He got his head split. So uh, Lunch broke a hockey stick, like, over his head. And then took the two pieces and started beating people in the crowd with also it. Also at that garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second time at the garage, the girl was like, "Yeah, let's do this again." <laughs> that literally is like the vibe of hardcore. It's always like something that you should not be at playing, and 
Yeah, and if there are things to be swung, they will be swung. Like Shit, thrown, gonna get like swung. Bar stools, yeah. whatever. Hook up, fuck. playing at hook up and seeing bar stools flying across the room. Here's one thing I will say, and this might, this kind of gets into our very last segment of this. Some of our optics of the hardcore scene are also molded by the particularly uniquely crazy scene that we're we're kind yeah, of yeah, came yeah. up in yeah. so i do i i do hear about insane things happening in like hardcore shows across the country but i feel like they were pretty common and like extra like brutal a lot of times like you said we're gonna talk shows. specifically about the vb scene yeah. at the end of all don't worry this, but uh let's keep going man let's go back in time <laughs> Alright, so when we're talking about anything related to punk, we gotta talk maybe a little bit about the whole politics of hardcore, because in a lot of ways it is a pretty political genre. Generally, hardcore music is anti-establishment, it's all about questioning just like everything, uh, but as far as like the kind of traditional Magnus. binaries, they're sort of politically usually various shades of left, but also all over the place, occasionally you get little spatters of some right-wing shit as well. Yeah, it's mostly left, but like the the spatters of the right wing shit are usually center. It's center left. Center left. Yeah, that would be the best way to describe it's it. It's shades though, because you definitely have some <laughs> leftists in hardcore. Yeah, Depends where you're life from. Crew. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, there's definitely a good amount of conservatism in hardcore. There's all like some sleepy Joe MAGA brand <laughs> type shit. And then also yeah, well. keep politics out of hardcore. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, also, yeah, yeah which yeah. is very weird. Uh, a really weird take to have. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I would just say overall, it's kind of all over the place, but I would say that like, it's weird because like that keep politics out of hardcore thing is like, it's kind of a joke, but also it's not entirely a political genre. A lot of the lyrics aren't even about like, you know, policies and stuff like that. I don't that. know, everything Macrocross put out was very political. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as big brain as, as, as politics can be most yeah. of it right it's, you know it's like it's like street there's level. there's a yeah. subculture of big brain hardcore there's, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but for sure I, i'd say i'd say 80 percent of it is not big brain politics. like we yeah. said it's like it's, it's like, very it's, lightly brushed over yeah like, you know with something maybe related to politics and their shit but it, as far as what it used to be like whoever they're ripping on that like time, reagan and stuff. like yeah like they're fucking on nowhere near I would, yeah. Yeah. I would be very shocked anymore. to go to a hardcore show and seeing someone wearing a Back the Blue uh, shirt. Yeah, yeah, same. But yeah, I think you yeah. will go to a hardcore show and definitely hear a lot of fuck Trump, though. You will hear yeah. that, but you don't even hear, to me, in-depth speeches like that. No. Yeah, no, yeah. You don't hear, like, Zach De La Rocha doing a fucking 20-minute speech about how you guys all need I to remember Payne having a mental breakdown... <laughs> On on Mike when Trump got elected, like we literally oh, yeah, were yeah. playing, he was playing a show and like the that was, election that was like results thing, were yeah. on the TV and he was like, "Do you see this? Do you see this?" We were also burning Trump. Signs. Yeah, we were we were <laughs> hardcore. I mean, we were prepared. There was a lot of momentum behind that move. Yeah, <laughs> being like on on some. I mean, but it's also Trump though. Like I think like yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like honestly that is one thing I do kind of miss about like hardcore. At least like when I listen to Ardle stuff, like I, I do kind of prefer hardcore to be a little bit more political. But in general, I would not call it a political genre, there's, honestly. It, but it, it is, but it isn't. Like it, it's like watching movies to me. Like yeah, there's sometimes like I want to watch a movie and like come away with something, and then there's sometimes like where I just want to watch like Rambo. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. Rambo makes me come away with something. I like but anyway, <laughs> just like an action movie. Don't get him started. Let's talk about First Blood. Let's do Let's it. Not the band. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> actually, no. The first Rainbow movie is really good, and it's anyway. But I digress. Well, there are a couple like important sort of political movements within hardcore. Like I don't really know if you'd call them political, but they are like in a kind of smaller way. 
And uh, it, you really got when you're talking about hardcore, you gotta talk about what straight is. I think yeah. these are more like social, uh, like social like stances. Yeah, social than issues. Stance, okay. Yeah. But straight edge was like, I mean, it was created in hardcore and hugely propagated by hardcore. And I feel like that's a term that's probably one of the most surface level things. Like I think in terms of things that regular people know about that came from the hardcore scene, straight edge might be one of the biggest. Yeah, it's ones. crazy. Like I've I've heard like a 35 year old veterinarian say the word yeah. straight edge and I was like oh fuck what? it just it's a like good wrestler sounds... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah true punk, uh, CM, CM Punk, punk. Yeah, yeah yeah I implored every single one of you to just say no the reality is none of you have the strength to be straight edge I mean it's a big part of hardcore that <laughs> seeped into yeah you know, modern. I, uh, you know, were you all over straight edge? Yeah, I was straight edge from uh, sixteen and a half to seventeen and a half. <laughs> Sounds or, about right for me too. It yeah. was it was a it was a long struggle that, Bro, that I was, year. I was, I was straight, straight edge straight from edge. when I was born to when I was fourteen. I was straight edge all the way to fourteen, bro. Yeah, all the way. James, did you did you claim edge? And that's a long time. <laughs> I feel like pushing on kind of did. Edge. I mean, we did have a edge lyric, but like. I mean, you, those you, other guys in the band like well, quickly. You had X, <laughs> yeah, you had yeah. X David X Dead Devin at the time. Um, Here we go. Yeah, I just chose not to for a little bit. I believe I was probably waited till I was eighteen to like do anything crazy. I drink and smoke. Yeah, I didn't really do anything until I was like seventeen. Dude, I remember honestly. the time we were sitting in James D's room and his mom came in and like started like telling you like she's like i know you come over here high sometimes oh yeah <laughs> 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 that, like, that for me is like the straight edge experience yeah like, like that's like when i, I when i think straight edge, edge like that memory like pops up in my head you don't want this like, to happen <laughs> <laughs> no i i wish i did that shit sooner like i'd just sitting in school like not, not paying attention to what the teacher's saying yeah, yeah. like i should have just been high Straight edge, yeah, straight edge is a big part of fucking hardcore. Also, veganism. That became, yeah. like, a thing that hardcore, I think, put on the map. I, I don't know if a lot of people were thinking about barely being vegetarian, but let alone vegan well, that was in, a, like, the 80s That was, like, a 90s. big thing in D.C., right? Like, they were, like, oh, and we're already edge. Let's, let's, let's take it to another Well, New, New York and Boston definitely as well. Especially New York, I East think. East Coast hardcore it, wanted yeah. veganism, baby. Especially, <laughs> I hear stories of, like, touring vegan bands in, like, the 80s, early 90s. Holy like, what, what did they shit. eat? <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Uh, like, Cro-Mags and shit, they were, like, hard yeah. Krishna vegan dudes that just... They were, hard, they were like, on some monk shit, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Lived uh, off of what people would give them physically, like gave away, I guess, everything except their equipment. By the way, I am vegan. Uh, I've been vegan for over 10 years, and Go if ahead. it weren't for hardcore, I would not know what it was, probably. Dude, that leads into what I was about to say. Like, I honestly think, in terms of another thing where, like, the legacy of hardcore has influenced mainstream society, like, part of hardcore was just finding, was like establishing the dirt roads that would make the foundation for, like, indie music in general. But also, like, veganism. I think that, like, literally paving the way, like, 
through like aggressive music and sort of like a lot of like I when I was like younger I would do research on like the uh, animal liberation front and stuff like that and like hardcore kids were a big part of that in like the 90s and stuff like that so I think that's also a debt we can kind of that all of society can sort of give to uh, the hardcore scene, and I'm sure a lot of people are pissed about that, and see, are like, "Yeah, that's a fucking debt, fuck vegans." But you know, uh, Thanks, I think it's I think vegans. it's pretty cool. I'm like, I'm like I'll order vegans. two steaks the next time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not vegan, but I definitely respect it. And like, if I had the willpower, like, of course, like I would want to do it. But I'm a fat piece of shit. So. Every time I hear vegan, I just have the correlation of like. I don't know, firestorm just plays in my head. <laughs> <laughs> just that's, I mean, that's good. That's cool, though. You, like, someone's like, I'm vegan, you're just like, fuck yeah. We need to talk about how firestorm was the free bird of hardcore. We'll, yeah. get, to we'll, we'll get, get to it. it. We'll get to it. Um, I mean, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, definitely influence. I mean, I'm, I'm like uh, uh, pescatarian, but honestly, hardcore definitely kind of Helped influence like that whole thing for me. No, well. I was K-Town, vegan for a while. K-Town told me he saw you eat cheese one time. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm not vegan. Yeah. <laughs> my, no, no. My bro <laughs> ate a pineapple that was on my Hawaiian burger. Oh shit. There was too much pineapple for me, and I was yeah, like, like, I don't. I'm somebody not... want this pineapple, and it had burger juice all over it, and he ate it. All right. So let's talk about some I of think the traits. Of I hardcore. think this is a great way to get into the traits of hardcore kids. So let's talk about what <laughs> hardcore kids are really like. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck you. Hardcore kids are misfits. Elitist. <laughs> misfits, elitist. We all I'm just gonna list the words that we put. Alright, y'all, we put misfits, psychopaths, sadists, uh, anger issues, emotional issues in general, nihilists, but you know what? A need for community and brotherhood. Yeah. They need community and brotherhood. Because to to uh, exercise all these fucking Sh- demons. Strong, dude. strong uh, stances on social issues, um, push for diversity. Um I'm trying to think of well, I, trying to put some positivity. No, in you're there. absolutely right. I mean, I think a lot of it comes from hardcore kids are generally people that are weird, you know, in some way. Not necessarily a psychopath or a sadist, but like you're weird, possibly neurodivergent. You're like just a little bit different. I don't think anyone. I mean, if you're attracted to like that whole vibe and there's not something a little loose in you, it's kind of like what? What? Like maybe, that's that's maybe, you have to have a problem to like this. Maybe like, you're just really into chicks with like dark hair and bangs and <laughs> that's a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're alternative kids. Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, what's that? Have you ever uh, you ever seen that clip from Riverdale where he's like? In case you haven't noticed, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. I don't fit in, and I don't want to fit in. Have you ever seen me without this stupid hat on? That's weird. Um, I will say, you know, as far as people being more accepting in the hardcore community and stuff, it's it's nice to see that with the psychopaths and sadists or whatever, they'll straight up, you know, like if you don't, if, you know, you're not inclusive to their like homie or their brother or their kind or whatever like they'll fuck you up yeah you yeah. yeah like mob mentality with, yeah like, i think that's a part of it i think that's great to like if there's some dude like up there fucking seek howling and then there's like 10 fucking dudes right there like ready to scrap his fucking ass because he's on the wrong side of the fence that's great that's yeah. the, that's the great part of it of course everybody yeah. loves that but the shitty part of it is when someone just has some minor beef with someone 
and then like twenty dudes kick somebody's ass. You know, well, I'm bullshit. just saying, like, if I see my boy in a fight, like, I'm, yeah, it's going down. Yeah. I mean, that's like the weird thing. Like, it's hard. You, in some ways, you could say that like hardcore shows can almost be like sort of cesspools of like anger. But like, the thing yeah. is, is that that anger is sometimes used in positive ways. And a lot of times, I think that's why there's a lot of sort of po- politics and philosophies, and there's there's sort of ideologies behind hardcore because it's like, okay, we are these like people with anger issues that feel ostracized by society, but we need to stick together and also stick up for other people that have also felt ostracized or alienated by this world. Yeah, just like that movie we watched, uh, Straight Edge Kegger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, his friend broke edge, so, like, they just shot, like, murdered everyone at An the entire party. party. I gotta yeah. see, that movie just screamed, uh, scroll up. Psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, actually. I mean, it was literally about that, a that was so wild. Just killer like, band of straight edge. My kids. boy started drinking beer, so I'm gonna stab some like 19 year old girl in the stomach with a machete. Hey, if you guys want to understand uh, straight edge hardcore, uh, check out the movie. Uh, what straight the, edge kegger. Straight edge kegger, and that should <laughs> that should bring it all around. It is a very um, speed. It's a it's a noble attempt. <laughs> but it is a very silly movie. <laughs> watch that and then watch like a Hellfest DVD and imagine that everyone in the crowd is like them. Yeah, honestly. Honestly, yeah. it wouldn't be honestly, the worst yeah. movie we've recommended you watch. Or oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about like the traits of hardcore culture. Uh, it's a DIY type of uh, type of shindig. Like being real. Real recognized real. Support your fucking scene. We got a lot of diversity. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds not This is such a weird bit. <laughs> uh, hey, you better watch out for the crews, baby. We got, like, gangs of people out here. But, like, also oftentimes trying to police shows. Crews, baby. Yeah. We're family. We're not a gang. We're yeah. family. Yeah, come on now. Zines. Lots of zines. Zines for everything. Benefit shows. Your boy's got testicular cancer, so let's raise them off. 40 bucks. I mean, yeah. Facts. Distros and swap meets. Uh, that's a cool thing. You know, uh, not having uh, a show, but you're, you know, meeting up on a Friday or Saturday to, to buy your homie shit. Yeah, going to a show and, like, your boy's selling a, D- a Mudvayne DVD and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toy. <laughs> no lie. With that, the band shirts. That's, yeah. one of that's awesome. Spaghetti. Yeah, that was some shit I had never seen before going to hardcore shows. Just, like, people selling other shirts. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. just old shirts at shows. It's like, oh, okay. Give me a nice Bane shirt here, even though they're not playing tonight. <laughs> And then uh, all ages shows is a big thing because a lot of scenes have like just bars, and they don't want anyone to come in that won't bring the bar in any money. That uh, is a really big. I think especially like I mean mm-hmm. when you even look at the influence of a band like Minor Threat kind of outlines that like the whole idea of identifying with youth and getting youth into it. Uh, the youth element is a huge part of hardcore. Yeah. It's like getting younger kids in more than I think any other genre. Without it being kind of weird. <laughs> like, yeah. It ties no, no, in. Look, hey, get no. the kids in here. Yeah, you gotta get Young Low at the party and feed them Everclear. <laughs> in some ways, it's kind of weird when you think about it. It's like, no, we want all the kids to be able to come to the show. All the kids. Well, tell tell I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be so real. Gonna be candy. There, there's some dudes in some bands that would like the 16-year-old girls to come to the shows. Let's, the let's be real. I'm gonna say something <laughs> fucked up. When During a long time period of time where we were playing just hookup and just 21-up shows, I was like, this is just... This is not the ethos, but this is a vibe. Like that fucking sucked, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
obviously for us. I was, oh, unless yeah, I shit. played the show. I yeah. like you know couldn't usually get it. Well, I could we got you into I knew shows. fucking yeah. Devin yeah. And, yeah. and all them, but like the fact that like on the flyer itself it'd say twenty one plus, it mm-hmm. warded a lot of people off, and that is yeah. not to me what fucking hardcore yeah. was. So and it, that's it what made like about. When that's the whole reason something yeah. offensive. Like our band, a couple other bands, like we got a storage unit. We like luckily there's you know there were still kids get younger than us getting into it, so. They would be dumb enough to have a fucking house show, and we do that <laughs> instead, man. Hell know? yeah, mom's gone for the weekend. Because that, um, and also the fact of uh, there's maybe here, and maybe in some of your other scenes, if you're out there listening, like you know, you have people that will strict that will only come to the hardcore shows if it is at a bar, and yeah. especially yeah. one they frequent. And is you know, if it's in three blocks from their house, they'll go to it. But if they got to travel to even for us Norfolk or something like that maybe 10-15 minutes away they're not and that to me that's like me nowadays though (laughs) that's that old shit yeah exactly (laughs) yeah if I see a Chesapeake show I'm just like yeah (laughs) yeah, drive home at 10 or 11 a 30 hour drive 20 minutes (laughs) Richmond forget it all that ties into supporting the scene because like if you don't bring the new young kids in they're eventually will be no scene I think a lot of that is that comes from the fact that essentially like it is an anti-commercial genre the only way that it can really get new (coughs) people is by actively reaching out to younger people and a lot of times I think that you know especially when you know for teenagers that's when they start to have these sorts of feelings of like anger and like a need for like edginess and like a need to express themselves so it really it works perfectly in that regard yeah I mean like James was saying like getting aged out is a big thing like I'm 33 now like my back's bad my knees are bad my hands are bad I got a fucking mortgage I got a kid on the way my job's like 24-7 like just like the thought of like going to a show and like pretending to imagine that I might mosh is just like I am just like sore thinking about Dude, we went to that one show. We yeah. went to your show, and that. And there were there was there was My, dudes like oh, Spider Man crawling across the floor. I was like, I was like, Jesus Christ, oh, yeah. I'm old. My time. <laughs> I'm old. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But no. you know what? <laughs> when his kid's about ten or twelve, yep, you yep. know, and he and they, you know, start having sleepovers or whatever, doesn't have to get watched as much. Yep. He's going to be there with He's the mosh cap. And A-Town will be Spider-Man <laughs> crawling yeah. all over again. Yeah. Pico, <laughs> mosh cap, Spider-Man crawling. Uh, let's get back into it, dude. Um, so we also got a lot of dudes. I mean, I don't feel like this was that big of a thing in our local scene, but I know this is a thing even from touring and just from seeing stuff. It, it is. You just kind of forget. Tall it, Adam. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, like, okay. Every, yeah. Everyone had a name. Like, well, it wasn't out in, just out, their name. Well, out in VB, it was more almost like sort of like a, it was almost like a rap thing. It was always like, uh, Big Steve or Tall John well, or Lil uh, Smithy, you know. Black, Black Steve and Black Rob. But Black those weren't Rob. like. I was just like, Shouts why? Out Black Rob. <laughs> yeah. But those weren't like shithead uh, no, Stevens. I, I always just thought it was crazy that, like, <laughs> real quick. Two black dudes, their nickname were just like Black and Yeah, that was kind of was a like, thing oh, at the time. Yeah. Just, but you didn't even say the thing yet. <laughs> What? Dudes with crazy names. Yeah, all that just the, yeah, yeah. Like Shithead Steve or Johnny fucking Piss, an- piss like Hands. The or... guy from Blood for Blood, White Trash Rob. <laughs> yeah, like shit like that. Rick to Life. Joey Hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe Hardcore. There's a lot of Even like uh, f- uh, the drummer of like Victim and Iron Boots, etc., Flizza. 
Like Hell I don't yeah. even know his real name, and I've seen his <laughs> bands play for years and years. <laughs> a lot of and that's things, awesome. Maybe not so much uh, dudes with crazy names, but something I would see a lot in in the local scene. Maybe I don't know if it was a big thing, but you would see. People would just get named after their band or something. So yeah, like, true. Be like, yeah. I was called uh, Squints for years because I had the Ray Bands on, so they'd call me fucking. <laughs> oh yeah, true. I remember that. Yeah. But yeah. people would just be like, you know, you'd be Pain, no substance or some shit. Yeah, and you'd yeah, be James pushing on or something like that. You know, oh, so right, like yeah. people would just get like th- their band would become their surname in the yeah, scene, yeah, yeah. like you know. A fat pit. pain substance. Pain substance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There would be like names like that. I can't think of any good examples off the top of my head. Oh, uh, yeah, Ryan definitely. Braces. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> he, even though um, Ian Fleming name. was in <laughs> pushing on Is that for like oh, a year, maybe two, we call him Ian On still. Oh yeah, I call Ian. him Ian Thin. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, like, uh, but yeah, there's always silly names. And another big element, actually, yeah, we're, let's keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, People, tough ass people who are actually nice as fuck. I, yeah. I experienced a lot of that. A lot <laughs> of dudes who are just like tatted out or fucking look fucking, you know, just really kind of like, you know, kind of glib. You or know, really, yeah. Dude, but we're I've, actually cool as shit. I'm, you know, cool with a lot of homies. We're all mutually cool with that have incited fights with a cop and, and <laughs> like, you know, just different shit like that. But like, you know, they'll give you the shirt off, off their, their back, back yeah, yeah. just like the, the nicest people you would, you'd ever meet like, a lot of honestly. times it's real zero to 100 type stuff like people that are just vibing and chilling and like down to like talk about silly like just joke around be silly just goof off and then yeah if well, things get autumn, a little serious we'll like, take it to 100 right? yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah i saw i saw a guy i'm not going to name his name but like he was he was working as the cook at hookup at the time and these drunk navy dudes came in and were starting shit he was a cook at hookup? Yeah, he was. I mean, I watched him. He fried he my a, wings up. He was a cook up? <laughs> yeah, he was a cook up. It was. <laughs> and, like, these Navy guys came in, and, like, the one guy was way too drunk. And, like, he beat the shit out of that guy, and his boy tried to fight. <laughs> and then within two minutes, like, they were dapping up and, like, talking about their time in the Navy together for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, like, yeah. after he just beat the shit out of his friend. No, he like, literally beat some yeah. sense into him. He was like, you're going <laughs> to yeah, act regular, yeah. and we're going to carry a conversation if I have to beat the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah sometimes fighting is, like, almost just, like, another form of communication in the hardcore scene. Like, for real. Definitely like, in Virginia Beach. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that is sort of a thing in a lot of places, for sure. No, I mean, not everybody. Not everybody is, like, just fighting all the time. But fighting is a big part of hardcore shows, no doubt. Right, and speaking then. of which... Drama! <laughs> I can't stand drama. Yo, you punch drama. my fucking boy yeah. in the pit, yeah. bro? It'll be like high school drama. Well, bro, but like with- you, uh, you threw my boy's girlfriend's cat out of the house and then called the cops on my other God. boy and pressed charges. He like- just brings it to the immediate, like, <laughs> the worst shit. Like, you knew I was going to wear this shirt tonight. Why'd you wear it? Yeah, that's more oh. like hardcore beef. Yeah. I remember bringing a guy to a show from work, a guy that I used to work with, uh, to one of our shows. And he ended up getting into it with uh, fucking um, some of the some of the guys from VBHC and like had to leave the show early. And I remember having to explain that to him at work, being like, "It's it's because he because I, I think he thought he was trying to like help me or something." I was like, "Don't touch that guy." Stay out of it. Yeah, he real. He real. Don't fuck with him. And I had to explain shit the next day at work. Like it's weird and. It'd be hard to explain nowadays. Be like, uh, 
like some it's fucking hard to fucking like mobster work, shit dude, dude. <laughs> like people are is like yeah i've been to do a fight i went to like some party and like these guys they got rough and started fighting i fucked <laughs> i really fucked one guy up i'm like oh like, <laughs> like i've seen a dude like fucking get hit at a pit and then mad about it so they go outside and, and one then- dude has a <laughs> Dude, I've like definitely yeah. seen some gnarly stuff. I've had a few times where like I caught myself doing something kind of gnarly and being like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Dude, like, <laughs> like holy shit, like this of, is not it. Like, one of the funniest. Uh, it can, yeah, it can be psychotic. Uh, pit <laughs> beefs I've ever seen was like it was every time I die at Shaka's, and like this dude with dreads uh, bumped into somebody and they got into it and they ripped out like six of his dreads oh it was a white God. dude so like oh it was just God. like white boy dreads so he had like six <laughs> thick dreads it was just white oh, boy yeah. and they they literally like <laughs> went behind him and like ripped a handful of these nasty ass dreads like <laughs> scout this dude. dude and I was oh. just like what the fuck <laughs> I mean, we talked earlier about there being a show where someone's like I got like partially like pushed out like yeah yeah he got heel kicked in the eye while he was laying on the ground dude i i've Damn. seen stuff i've i've heard stuff as well like yeah there's it's there it's it is scary at the end of the day hardcore is scary that's and, one thing that's not on here but hardcore you know, is some scary some of the shit you hear could just be lore people yeah I you know, was experience a lo- <laughs> it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of lore to Macro <laughs> Crush, I think. I feel like yeah. a lot of, because like a lot of random like young kids just heard <laughs> Macro Crush and were like, that's hardcore. Like, when they we, just made yeah, up stories in their heads. When we played that <laughs> diabetes benefit, like no one would come up to the front because like they heard that we started a riot. Like, yeah, people two were, weeks before. <laughs> Dude, I was they were like, like yeah, I'm not going to see Macro Crush. It'll be like a show where like two people moshed and, yeah. and there'll be like someone be like, man, oh yeah, I was at that show. It was insane, dude. It's like, you don't have to like, embellish it like that but but yeah. i mean for a lot of people like coming into that scene two dudes like slightly mosh at a show can be kind of crazy and then they just like feed into it like that's the thing like if you're not like a part of the scene and like really knowing what's going on like some basic level shit to us is like 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 you said like your dude didn't know he was about to get jumped by 20 guys yeah like, yeah it, it it's you really gotta know like the culture yeah. Well, hold up. I think that actually goes really well into the last of our list on the traits of hardcore culture. Very masculine. masculine. Oh hell yeah. yeah. Environment. Yeah, it can be. It can be. <laughs> Sometimes misogyny. Sometimes a little toxic. You know, there's definitely side of misogyny. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. You know, I mean. I think for a lot of people, I think people that have just been to a hardcore show, sometimes they have the impression of, oh, hardcore shows are places where, like, you know, like, 30-year-old men, like, hit little girls in the face, you know? It's not, I mean, not that. And oh. it's not, I mean, it is sometimes that, but it's <laughs> usually most, the vast majority of the time, not. Dude, I just, like, uh, like, as far as a masculine environment, it definitely is, dude. Like, I'm yeah. not gonna, I mean, it's like, aggressive, yeah. you know, 99% of the people you see are fucking Dudes. men, yeah. possibly shirtless, hitting each other or yeah. whatever. And, like, dude, you see them, like, sometimes they get into, like, a small little tiff or whatever, and, like, they have the side conversations you hear, and, like, you'll hear some weird shit, and you're like, well, you know, like, I'm, I'm an animal, bro. That's that's why we do, you know, like, I'm an animal or some weird shit like that. Yeah. Like, okay, well. I, I do feel like in a weird way it, it can be, like, especially for 
you know, the kid who's young who goes to shows, like you said, Payne, you first go to shows, and you're like, holy shit, and you got the orange fleece on, you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm on the outside of this shit. Yeah. And then, like, you know, you go to enough shows, and you feel comfortable, and you start moshing, and, like, then you just, you lose yourself in it, and yeah. it's kind of a... Um, it's kind of, like, tribalistic to me. Like, yeah, it's the, like... You're, you're like, yeah. you're feeding into the beat down and everything Coming like that. into <clears throat> yourself. And everyone everyone else of- is beating their chest, and then all of a sudden, you're beating your chest, and it's you're just... Like, I think a lot of us found ourselves in a mosh pit. Like, you know, yeah, we yeah. found, you it's, know, it's some Lord of the Fly shit. You know, it's like really. a mosh pit is like where some Barbie shit. <laughs> Yo, mo- I mean, it's it's almost like some fight club shit. Where, like a mosh Kendo pit. Dojo. A mosh pit is a place where, like, you, if you go in enough, you're going to experience what it feels like to get, like, hurt badly. Like, and you're also going to, it kind of takes a little bit of, like, it takes a little something out of you, but it's also exhilarating because it's risky and it's dangerous and, like, I mean, I think all of us here have definitely been fucked up in a mosh pit. Yeah. And I do Sometimes feel... Sometimes by your friends. <laughs> and I do feel kind of, like, odd... It feels kind of cringy to say. Maybe it is some toxic masculinity type thing to say, but, like, I do kind of feel like, in a way, I've learned from that. Knowing what it feels like to get hit hard does kind of have an impact, I think, on the way you... Dude, and also... like a coming of a... A coming up... I, I can't... I keep I, using the term. I can't tell you how thrilling it is to be a 350-pound man <laughs> spin-kicking someone full force in their rib cage and, like, watching them topple, top over. Like, I've it, seen it's you do like, it. It's, it's like... Many times. You're fucking God in that. Moment, to Maddie. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always felt really bad if I, if I like... Really hit, hit someone. Oh yeah, like, I never. No one ever like you know. I've never meant to hit a homie or hurt a homie. Some people. I mean, it, I hate to say it, but some people do go there to try and hurt people. But most oh yeah, of targeting time, targeting in a mosh pit. So I'll say this: works. I don't like if I like hit my homie. Like I don't. There's like one friend that I do that to because we do it to each other, my homie Tanner. But like besides that, man, like I don't be like targeting all about there yeah. like yeah, i ain't yeah. gonna be like hitting you full force no. if i run into you but like and i wouldn't feel definitely bad someone did, yeah. i don't know <laughs> fatality yeah. fucking yeah, i mean yeah you definitely care less about dude. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um do we want to talk about any of the other traits that we kind of talked about before we sort of started diving into these like the authenticity aspect i think is actually something that kind of runs through a lot of this is hardcore is very much about being real to something and that's sort of yeah. what's behind the violence it's behind all of these different things we've been talking about I think that's about. A, a big thing with like acceptance of like bands even too is like authenticity there's a lot yeah. of bands where like their sound is not a typical hardcore band sound and would normally not be accepted in the scene but because of like who's in the band and like what how real they are like they're completely supported yeah. like I really fuck with Twitching Tongues, and, like, that is not a, a hardcore-sounding band most of yeah. the time, and, like, they're generally accepted pretty well. Or, like, Power Trip. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. Power Trip's, like, a, a thrash band, and that's, like, my favorite fucking band. Yeah, I mean, it can be to a fault where, like, a lot of hardcore lyrics are definitely just about, like, being real versus other people not being real, which is sometimes a little bit kind of like, all right, like, whatever. <laughs> like, it's, it's definitely a very tired thing in it, but, like, uh, yeah, it, overall, it, it generally strives to be real. All right, so last but not least for this episode, let's talk about, like, just the general fashion of hardcore punk. Y'all want to just go, th- let's, let's roundtable this again. So we got camo, baby. Nice camo shorts. Nice camo hat. Nice camo vest. 
Lots of camo, yeah. especially in modern if, hardcore. If you're, if you're not wearing camo, you're not hardcore, It bro. can't be overstated, the camo, bro. <laughs> the camo is, is everything. The camo, camo shorts, pants, mostly. Camo mostly shorts, camo shorts. Camo cut. Camo, camo shoes. Cut-offs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to have camo sunglasses. Camo wallet. <laughs> yeah. Camo, camo hat. Yeah. Dude, I remember I went to like some military like surplus store, and I got some dope-ass camo shorts. Like, do, you know, I was like, do, yeah. do, do any of us know why? The camo thing? Because it's, it's militant. It's associated mm-hmm. with, like, aggression and militancy. And there we it's go. Like, yeah, because yeah. it looks yeah. fucking tough, bro. Exactly. It's, it's for, from the struggle. From yeah. the streets. Yeah, yeah. You struggle for the camo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, fucking band shirts, obviously. Band obviously. shirts. A man but, is only as good as the band on his shirt. But don't yeah, also, if you're wearing a whack band, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. We're, we gotta look at you sideways. And, and don't wear the band shirt to the show. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. No, that's a if you're rule. going to see Cro-Mags, you better not be wearing a chrome yeah, don't be that's poser shit don't be playing in your own band shirt unless you're on tour yeah <laughs> true, okay true. yeah yeah okay that's the exception to that to rule, promote the shirt say. like i mean yeah I, a big part of it i think is Sometimes again going back laundry <laughs> going back to the idea of always supporting the scene and keeping the scene intact you're like you're always sort of advertising other bands but also like it's a vibe like hardcore shirts have like you don't have to wear some like fubu or some shit no, or like whatever always, you know? yeah almost unless it's the 90s <laughs> yeah. yeah, true, 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 actually. Yeah. Band shirts didn't really drop yet. People didn't have merch like that. Their <laughs> no, early they just fucked with Fubu in the 90s. No, remember how we said <laughs> Kurt Cobain just wrote, like, bands? <laughs> Rick, Rick true, to, yeah, yeah, before we had a hot topic. Rick yeah. to Life was the originator of band shirts. He was <laughs> yeah, true, bootlegging them before they became real. Back then, you just had to get bands that you fucked with tattooed on you. Yes. <laughs> and just have a wife beater and be like, here's my fucking blah 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 tattoo. Yeah, bro, I got all, victim in pain tattooed on my cheek. These are all the bands I fuck with right here. I'm gonna play the show without a shirt. But you just got like some like spaghetti stained fucking like just got off work shirt. Like but with uh, some steel toed boots. Uh fucking Nikes, vans. Doc Martens, that's a part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steel toed oh, yeah. boots. Yeah, you gotta yeah, have yeah. them steel toes. Boot ass boots. It's not real. It's not a real feeling kicking a fourteen year old girl in the yeah. face unless you it's never a steel know toe. what girl's jaw you're gonna break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Mosh caps, especially in the two thousands. Yeah, I think the in the nineties too. Sideways tainted. You, you gotta well. explain what a mo- it's the five panel hat. The yeah. five, that's yeah. a mosh cap. Because this was before. It's five panels are kind of like more of a thing now but yeah. back then you only wore a five panel if you were like a guitarist in a hardcore band. <laughs> but I felt brim, like <laughs> but the brim is half the sizes yeah yeah, 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 yeah real yeah. short brim snub, I felt snub nose brim I always felt like that like the five panel hat was like the mark of like the metal cord or the hardcore kid metalcore player you know what I mean yeah, is that yeah. kind of you he's know what the I mean? hardcore kid and he's a he hardcore was, guitarist in the metalcore yeah, band yeah, he yeah, could yeah, really yeah. play guitar well but like he was playing in a hardcore band so like he didn't have to <laughs> and you would yeah. think bands would like capitalize on that like oh we're gonna put out some mosh caps but no they're all just camo or black yeah, or black like, yeah, yeah true <laughs> Kangol had a time period where like Kangol kind of oh, ran dude. the game those weren't five panel hats but that they kind of had a similar that was up north that was fucking I remember seeing some I remember seeing some Kangols out here yeah they were just trying to be Austin, though. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, we got wife beaters, too, which, like, I guess, yeah. as much as anywhere else. It's like, more East Coast thing, like, like typical you Typical undershirt, man. You're getting yeah. off of work, you're going to the hardcore Sweaty. show. Why yeah. are you wearing your high vis, man? Put your, your just yeah, take yeah. it off. This is a shirt before beater. the shirt. It's like the opposite yeah. of Jersey Shore. It's like you wore the work shirt, and then you take that. It's a shirt after the shirt. Well, it's kind of like almost, oh, I yeah. mean, a lot of the stuff <laughs> is sort of athletic wear, even, you yeah. know, especially the shoes we were talking about, and, like, the wife beaters. I mean, because, like, 
a lot of hardcore, like, you might be sweaty. It is you gotta, like, get, you yeah. gotta be ready to move around, get sweaty. There's, there's a lot of dudes wearing track pants back in the day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no shirt, like we said, I'd no it's shirt. It's all about where you're fucking coming from at that day. It's not yeah, like yeah. today, really. All right, I got my regular denim jeans and my typical fucking punk rock style mm-hmm. shoes and my typical punk rock style shirt. You're like coming in from your garbage man job or whatever. You know what? I don't think we've even said this yet in this episode, but just like hardcore is a very working fucking class yeah. job. Yeah. So it's not uncommon for dudes to pull up to the show right after work. So whatever yeah. they're fucking were working in that day, they're at the show in. And that's I've, why there's a lot yeah. of wife beaters and boots or whatever the fuck. I've showed up in coveralls with steel toe boots on. Yeah. I recorded a Macrocrust video I was in, gonna say, yeah. in a mechanic outfit from when I was working in the shipyard, sweaty covered ass. in grease and sweating. I played, <laughs> like, uh, with flower-covered chef pants and coats. Yeah. yeah. You know? We're coming... We just got off of work. Now we gotta play a show, or now we gotta yeah, go to man, the I've show. I've seen people, like, front bands and, like, you know, whatever, car salesmen, whatever, fucking... Any, any faucet of work they do... I've seen it, like, on stage, or at least in the crowd, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I always thought about how crazy it would be, because, like, I think Accident Prone was still playing a little bit into when I became a teacher, and I always thought, like, what if I came to a show as, like, a hardcore vocalist dressed up as, like, you know, like, as a teacher? I was like, would that be, like, like, I don't know. I, I, ne- the, I never got around to doing that, unfortunately. Has the drummer from Down to Nothing ever played a show in his, like, surgical scrubs? Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. dope. All right, moving on. Uh, who wants to keep it moving? Cut-offs. Cut-offs. You know, cut-off jeans, yeah. cut-off khaki pants, cut, you know, yeah, cut all off forms. Camo. Back in the day, a lot of yep. the, the cut-off, like, tank top type jumps, too, you know what I mean? Like, in those old-school videos. Yeah. That's trying, where that's, we got the idea from. Back too. That's really? coming back, too. Really? I heard I think I've seen that. Like, that the back, cut-offs or the tank tops, like, with the actual... The tank tops of all types. Cut-off shorts, cut-off, like... Like, cut-off shorts, like, cut-off t-shirts mm-hmm. into a tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut off Mark used to wear a lot shirts. of those. Oh, dude, they, Mark, uh, you did. He used to tank? fuck with like cut off shirts. Oh yeah, cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Like all, definitely. like all the way. Yeah. Dude, it's punk cutting oh, up. Yeah. A, it's like you're making, you're yeah. taking a shirt and you're like fucking it up and making it yours. There's mm-hmm. like no better feeling than uh, having you know one of your favorite band shirts off, cut off from here, like down. To <laughs> oh, the deep. I uh, used to rock it on yeah. my yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark had yeah, a yeah. bunch of those. Yeah, yeah. like a. That's, you, like, only in basketball and, like, at hardcore shows. Yeah, you gotta have either some fucking, some side abs or some fucking oh, dude, tattoos. Speaking of basketball, do you remember the whole, like, era of b-ball jerseys? Yeah, there was definitely the, There was, like, a whole, like, five years where everyone had b-ball jerseys. That was kind of, like, during the cool guy years. Yeah, yeah sure. we had we'll uh, Macrogross Calzilla ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A cool guy Calzilla? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fucking badass. I got a fucking giant dumb pizza on my shirt. Alright, alright. Uh, is there anything else in this, uh, in the fashion? Hey, khaki it? shorts, honestly, like, especially in the youth crew thing, but honestly, khaki shorts kind of stuck. Like, that that's 2010s, dude. Yeah, Everyone that's a cool guy. Yeah. Either camo shorts or khaki shorts. Yeah, khaki shorts were like, it was always like, like a dude with like khaki shorts and like a plain band shirt, and then just like a lot of, we haven't really talked about like the girls a lot. A lot of times girls in the hardcore scene will dress pretty like, from, they range from scene girl to sort of elaborate, like wild, like, you know, alt girl things. Yeah. We haven't talked. We haven't talked about girl yeah, women say, at yeah. all. What, what was the the vibe because for the ladies in this time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the masculine tip. That's why. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Don't even start. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> hey, well, here's one: tight jeans. Same sort of Go thing, like high jean shorts, like band shirt. 
usually cut off. Like they more yeah, so honestly. than the men. Yeah, but, uh, there's a lot of high waisted shorts with the females nowadays. Going up to their nowadays, like, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, like, over like up to their tits. Yeah. And that, everyone shorts. wore Vans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vans, yeah, was Vans across the board for sure. I mean, yeah, I would say overall, like women kind of dress pretty similar to like really all the things we've mentioned here, yeah. even in wife beaters, flannels. Can, Flannels, yeah, flannels are a big part. I mean, punk in general always. Uh, but yeah, those tight jeans, especially like in certain parts of hardcore, especially early on. Well, e- even really more in the punk days, but in certain variations of it, tight jeans is not always a hardcore thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it might be the exact opposite of hardcore depending on the. In the two thousands, in the late two thousands, it was definitely there like, was some yeah. crossover, a little bit of yeah. crossover, um, and sometimes weapons. <laughs> and sometimes weapons. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Uh, all right, so you know what? I think fashion is a great place to end uh, part one of the hardcore episode. We've been recording for a while, y'all. We're just gonna we're gonna give you a two-parter real quick. Yeah, we're gonna break this into two. We're gonna come right back with part two as we get more and more because there's a lot here to to cover. So we're gonna get more and more into the hardcore punk uh, origins, but that'll have to be uh, next time, man. We're gonna come right back with this uh, next one. Last, lastly, always rep your homies band merch, yo. Fucking, always uh, rep your homies. Right? Always, That's a big you know, I it. was always having the uh, no substance pushing on macro crush shirts and shit. They were wearing my shit. Um, but yeah, rep your homie shit, man. Fucking, that's that's what helps to keep it moving. That's what helps them go out on tour to be like Black Flag and Minor Threat and go all the way across the fucking coast and pursue some type of dream. Hit every Seven Eleven on the way. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking of which, before we shut this shit down. Uh, d- do you want to plug something real quick and before we uh, cut the episode? Sure. Uh, I'd like to plug uh, my band, State of Emergency. Uh, we have a EP out called Life Larceny. Shouts. Uh, it was recorded through uh, Jordan Greeno from Not For The Week Records. Uh, if you're a punk, hardcore metal musician in the 757 area, I would strongly recommend checking him out. I want to... Uh, Recommend uh, some of the newer homies in in like the hardcore scene and shit around here. Uh, you got uh, State of Emergency in Ulamog. Uh, you got Spike Pit. They're from Virginia Beach. Uh, you got um, a lot of the Norfolk hardcore going on. Uh, like not for the weak records as far as Bato, Reckoning Force, uh, Lethal Means. Fuck yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, fast and heavy hardcore punk out there going on. I want to shout out the Richmond homies and Killing Pace and, and uh, Downfall, Torment. Um, there's, I mean, there's an endless list of bands going on out here. Um, and actually, uh, there's a OV special uh, Cataract I want to mention. <laughs> no, yo, so... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Hold on. I'm I'm really upset about this. Well, uh, anyway, I ain't never seen these motherfuckers. I ain't never seen these motherfuckers at Greenies. I ain't never seen them at the OVP here. Close. At the, the Willoughby by the Bay. Do like, they even know who Nanny Mom yeah. is? Do they, yeah. Do, do they know Judy Boone? Like, I, I don't know. Have they been to Mom and Pop? Fucking oh, out, here, out here repping OVHC? Ocean View? Jay, you got anything you want to plug before we shut this episode down? Uh, I can't really follow that, but um, <laughs> I mean, just because of the theme of the episode. But I will say, uh, Dom the Destroyer and I just recorded a an album also with Greeno at Not for the Week Records. Hell so, yeah. yeah! He's open to recording whatever. Just go there and support that. 
for sure. I, yeah. When's that? When's that uh, new that new shit with you and Dom gonna drop? Bagel shop, right? Yep, the bagel shop. Uh, maybe we're, we're gonna have a first song out in the middle of August. Fuck Hell yeah! Like, probably by the time this drops, maybe I don't know. Fuck yeah! yeah. Right around that time. All right, y'all. Well, uh, until the next episode, we'll be back getting more into this hardcore shit. It's not over yet. Uh, stay tapped in. Uh, we're dead. You guys know a, a fun meme I saw the other day? They it was like, tell me about it. It was, it was saying He's that um, Doom Crossing crawled. Doom and Animal Crossing. Yeah, because Doom, yeah. Doom 2. Oh, Doom, Doom Eternal. Eternal. Yeah, that yeah. was the last. Yeah. Also, Dark Knight and Mamma Mia. Yeah, true. Yeah, but no one saw Mamma Mia. <laughs> a lot of people saw Mamma Mia. Uh, Mamma Mia made 35 million. People love Mamma Mia, and I'm not 35 million like, pre-COVID is insanely low. Like, Studios like fail because of thirty five. How you know the figures of Mamma Mia are the literally? literally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, dude. Because <laughs> Lydia, a Twitter thread yesterday was today on like how crazy the numbers are. And they compared every Christopher Nolan movie to like the movie that came out with it on the same day, and Mamma Mia, like Batman brought the Dark Knight brought like two hundred million. And then Mama Mia about very lyrical. I wasn't gonna let that. But I literally just saw it on Twitter yesterday. Dude, what if K-Town just had an encyclopedic knowledge? Yeah, he's like AI, dude. He's been the AI of this podcast for some since reason, the fucking beginning, dude. How much Mama Mia? You just know Mama the gross net from Mama Mia in 2008. Mama Mia grossed 35 mil, dude. And that was pre-COVID. What fucking animal are you, dude? Pre-COVID. Bro. I would have at least just remembered that as it made. Not much money. Like, not I also don't want to see Oppenheimer after seeing that it's three hours long. Oof. Dude, it's yeah, I, it's I, literally <sighs> okay. They build a bomb. The guy's like, "I'm gonna build a death bomb," and then he's like, "Oh no, my death bomb killed millions of people." Like, shut up. I'm sure it's gonna be really reflective on the whole. Did someone hold bomb. a gun to your head and say, "Build this bomb"? You're like, "No, I'm gonna build this bomb," and they're like, "Oh fuck, the bomb worked." Yes, I listened to it's a, a lot of pushback from last podcast did a six part series actually on all that. And Jesus like, Christ! Six yeah, part? it was the longest series ever. It was about it was about uh, the Manhattan Project. So I learned a lot about him, and he's pretty interesting. He was like a it's weird because like he was super socialist actually, and that's actually he's a big part of why the Cold War really or the uh, the Red Scare really happened. He was kind of used as like the main sort of jumping off point for that. Was no, everybody the, everybody on Twitter just wants to see it for the the sex scenes. Mm. Like they they, they want to watch. Uh, they want to watch him fuck on IMAX. Tommy Shelby fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Bloody cocks out. You tell me he's co- his bloody cocks out. Are we gonna bring up uh, straight fucking edge, uh, straight edge kegger in this or no? <laughs>